Coming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Thank you for tuning in or streaming or downloading Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Lucas Fisher. I'm Justin Robertson. Sorry, no. Justin. That was not Justin Robertson. You don't know that. Great here. impression, though. <laughs> that was a terrible impression. Terrible impression. <laughs> There's a reason I don't do stand-up. No, it's more like and I'm Justin Robertson. Ooh. 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 I I think he needs you on your his answering machine. Or yeah. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> Voicemail. Well, I'm a master impersonator. Just kidding. Hey, what's up? <laughs> the real Justin is doing online things for work and apparently he's out in the Bloomington of the West or uh san francisco or maybe he's just working remotely in san francisco anyway he's a busy man he's a busy man who does not want to be with here here with us today he wants a paycheck (laughs) well we miss him though we do we miss you justin miss you justin so all the non-justins uh how has your week been? Uh, who, me? <laughs> sure. Yeah, you. Uh, well, let's see. What day is it? It is Wednesday as of yesterday. Today is Thursday, but we're currently in Wednesday. Um, and let's see. Uh, I've been kind of busy and... Uh, and and yet also not a lot is going on at the same time it's a weird paradox i feel the exact same way it's 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 so weird yeah it's it's making me anxious but i'm gonna i'm gonna make some dinner and you know eat some food and go to bed and then tomorrow this is gonna be great i know right i'm not gonna get covid I'm not going to die. It's going to be okay. That's going to wear a mask. Man, this got too real. Um, (laughs) Indiana, Indiana is the, I just read this. Indiana is actually the number one uh, highest coronavirus rate state. Seriously? Uh, During the, during Thanksgiving, um, we have the most, most cases out of all the states. Wow, the only time we ever won anything. Yeah. Look at us go. So, you know, seri- on a serious note, you know, take care of yourselves. Well, I mean, um, what I was yeah. reading was, and that was of this morning, uh, that we're number two in the nation per cap- for per capita COVID infections currently. So we are number one and number two. Take that well. <laughs> Um, oh my god. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure those who listen to our show are the safe sort of folks who do what they can to keep the virus from spreading. You're intelligent, compassionate, 
scientifically literate people who value expertise gained through education and experience. You and the rich... <laughs> oh, I was getting a little tipsy on the thought of Rudy Giuliani having COVID. Um, but apparently, uh, he's getting all the best care. He said that he felt great the minute that the uh, microwave went off. No, that's the beep in the background. He felt great the minute he got the, the treatments. And of course, he's going to get the best in the world. So all of you who've been careful and all the rich people who can buy stem cell based and other exclusive remedies shall inherit the earth. Eat the rich indoors, though, and with your pods. Um, and don't forget to fart on air. <laughs> okay, that is cruel, though. I hate how the media is just like, oh, he farted. <laughs> is there not enough bad stuff that he's actually doing that, that flatulence happens to be the thing that they clamp down on? I mean, like, we just love to see people, stupid people looking stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I've farted during a public meeting before. Like, was it I don't like know. a little one? Or I feel like... like it probably happens more than. <laughs> no, it wasn't that comical. I mean, I definitely haven't had that that much of a comedic fart. You know, that, it was a very funny fart. I Rudy recommend Giuliani, master of the comedic fart. Good. No. Well, that's his next career. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway. Well, I lost track of what we were even talking about because I got excited COVID. about, about COVID farts. and farts. COVID farts. COVID farts. Covert COVID farts. Correct. <laughs> Alliteration, um, folks. That's what you've come here for. Um, no, uh, the news that had come out this week about, you know, just the ridiculousness that we are seeing with people still refusing to be careful um, because they don't believe in it or they don't they don't like their freedoms impinged upon was it, it's costing people's lives and it's making um, things worse and last longer for all of us and the problem is we're not going to have all those uh, vaccines as soon as we thought we were going to because well Giuliani's client um, and the US government in general decided that they didn't need to buy extra doses of the Pfizer vaccine so well the UK and the EU they bought more doses with options to buy even more and we just didn't for some reason. So all that touting this great whoop. All that touting this great uh, vaccine that was going to be coming out and a few people will get it. I imagine people up in uh, the higher echelons of government are not going to be waiting behind the uh, first responders and the healthcare workers and the people who are, are locked away in uh, retirement homes and communities. So, yay. 
What's got me kind of worried now is they're talking about June, and of course that's what? Pride Month? And if things get pushed back, that's another Pride Month that we lose. And I'm sorry. Oh, that's sad. That's really disappointing. It's... I don't know. Just thinking about the last um, Pride in New York when... This year when the cops, you know, attacked yeah. people trying to still, you know, have an event. Um, I just, I don't, I don't even know what to say about it. It's people who are ill-informed. Well, I have something to say. Go ahead. I got, I got something to say. Um, the metric system that we're using in Bloomington to verify the positive cases is, is kind of full of it because, uh, the IU students have left because they left after Thanksgiving. Um, and so they're not on winter break. They're online now. Mm -hmm. And since the IU students have left, we've gone up, I think three or 4% in the percentage of cases. So the elementary schools, I think more than that, I just know about the elementary schools, um, are actually going online now in Bloomington. Yeah. Well, and, and that's just like the trend is upward. And, and it, the, the crazy thing about this whole thing is that uh, it wasn't this bad back when we shut down. So we could very well not have a pride month and not have all of these things in the future. And it's just sad. Like, I don't know. We had, we had like virtual pride and stuff like that, but it just wasn't easy to, to access personally. And it's just like, dang it. Another year indoors. No, they tried. I, I streamed a bit of it. And uh, and it was kind of sad for World Pride, the um, the live stream. And I I just it it's not the same. No. We need to lock this stuff down. And it's all the MCCS schools who have gone to online learning now. They're all at, um, red alert. And. I just can't help but think, you know, uh, Holcomb came out today and, and gave his recommendations. And I think, you know, Dr. Woody, his opponent in the elections, I don't know if anybody heard of him or voted for him or not. Um, but he's an actual doctor who studies these things. And we could have had him as a governor who would take this seriously and not just follow when the uh the rest of the dog is wagging you yeah so we could have had that we could have had somebody who was competent and understood what was going on instead we've got well holcomb yeah it's uh yeah just wish people would um believe in science <laughs> at a basic level um i don't know it's, well, and then that's ridiculous too. Believe in science. There's evidence. There is evidence for yeah. it. Not yeah. Not like you have to take it.
Right. On account. Exactly. It's not up for debate. It's it's facts. (laughs) Um, But as we know, facts don't really mean much. None of this world. That type of people. Anyway. Anyway. Lucas, you wanted to say something. We cut you off. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw this post on on Facebook. One of everybody's like big concerns with the COVID and one of the arguments I hear from people who like care about the economy and don't care that the flu kills people, you know, those types of people. Um, Mm -hmm. The argument I hear from them is, oh, the economy is going to fail if we blah, 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 blah. But what is actually going to happen is that the economy is already going to be impacted by the amount of people that have already been infected. Mm -hmm. I mean, affected. And locking down is not going to affect the economy as bad as the massive amount of uh, deaths and just uh, afflictions that people will have due to receiving the coronavirus uh, like the long-term damage that can occur to your lungs, immune system, your and heart. there's a whole list of things, your heart, yeah, people with underlying conditions, which, uh, huh, we don't really care about those people, do we? Like, oh. we, you know, people that, that don't care that the flu kills people think about. Well, it's you know just, what they uh, might care about? There's, because there's neurological damage, too, uh, in, in many people, and one of the problems that some people who have caught it are having uh, is erectile dysfunction. So I think that maybe that will lead to a cure pretty quickly. Um, Because that's that's what people care about. More than the economy. Um, They may not talk about it as much. Um, so anyway, if they if they end up scrapping or having to scrap uh, Pride Month this year again, I say we go down to Mar-a-Lago and destroy the fairways. Hey, I'm there, right? Uh, and give give that fired guy a, another year long break. How how about kind of keep him from having fun and and or whatever. Yeah, escaping. just surround surround wherever he's at. <laughs> Make him lock down for a year. Right? Break out the music. We could do it like uh, Panama. Yeah, just FDT on repeat. <laughs> yes. My new favorite song. Oh, it's bumping. Can we put that on t- today? Can we play that song? Yeah, let's listen to it. Just when I thought it wouldn't get no sicker. Woke up one morning and heard this weird motherfucker talking out the side of his neck. Me and all my peoples, we always thought he was straight. Influential motherfucker when he came to the business. But now, since we know how you really feel, it's how we feel. Off down, try. Off down, try. Yeah. Donald Trump, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump, yeah, love Donald Trump, yeah, love Donald Trump, yeah, Donald Trump, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump, yeah. I like 
white folks, but I don't like you. All the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out, LX, no sir. Home of the riding King Ride, we don't give a Black students, ejected from your rally. What? I'm ready to go right now, your racist did too much. I'm about to turn Black Panther. Don't let Donald Trump win that cancer. He too rich, he ain't got the answers. He can't make decisions for this country, he gon' crash us. No, we can't be a slave for him. He got me appreciating, nobody my way more. Hey, Donald, and they ain't one that follows. You gave us your reason to be president, but we hate Donald Trump. And we're back. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go local with this first one. I don't know um, if anybody got to listen to this, but uh, I one of the causes that really um, inspires me to action, um, to get involved and to try to do something, is homelessness. And that is uh, for several reasons. Um, and, and I know there's homelessness and houselessness and different ways of putting it, but people basically who are living on the streets and the, uh, Bloomington parks and rec board of commissioners met on Tuesday and they were trying to pass a new rule that would effectively ban people from setting up shelter shelters in the park, any of the parks. Um, it was aimed at the houseless people who have been forced out of camps. I don't know if you heard last year about all of the camps that were raided, uh, cleared out, you know, and... Well, it was it was up at the park, 9th Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um... That's always been... That... I, I talked to a guy, I was on 9th Street walking with Kat, and, uh... She ended up playing a little bit up there where the tetherball things were. And this guy was taking photos of a house. And I talked to him about his camera because, of course, photography and cameras. And uh, he was born in the house. He was putting together a little book for his family to kind of show them uh, his life. And so this little house looked over Reverend Butler Park and... I, I was asking about, you know, different features of the park and what it was like. And he brought up that there was a, uh, in his words, hobo camp across the tracks, which is where the homeless camp was in the woods for apparently many years. Um, and it, it had kind of always been there. One of the first things that happened that I was aware of that the, the city of Bloomington did was to instigate a raid on that camp early in the morning it was cold and it was Easter so Easter morning police showed up and they confiscated people's belongings they razor bladed their tents and destroyed them and kicked the people out and then of course what did they do with all the belongings they just throw them in a dumpster and haul them off. So, you know, they didn't solve anything. If anything, they made it so much worse, not just for those people, but even for the people in the neighborhood because folks need resources, right? And they're going to get resources. And sometimes, like has happened to us here, 
um, people come through and they take what they need. And so you're just creating more need by completely destroying A, where they have shelter and safety and a place to just be and live with a little bit of dignity, maybe. And, um, and B, you're taking all their stuff. So uh, this was going around in different circles and people were being made aware of it. Um, so when I got to the Zoom meeting, there were uh, 225, 250 people in the Zoom meeting, which was lovely. It was lovely to see that many folks uh, who had actually come to <laughs> that meeting. And we all raised our hands and a lot of people spoke out. Well, actually, um, it was unanimous. They spoke out against this uh, raid. They spoke out against the um, the way people had been treating treated, and they they were citing CDC guidelines saying that you shouldn't uh, break down people's camps, that you shouldn't keep kicking them out of spots, that you should let them stay because. Otherwise, it's a health risk because it's potentially spreading COVID. But apart from that, it's just inhumane to kick people out of really the only place that there is to stay. And they made, you know, mention of, oh, well, there's shelter and there, there are shelters. There are uh, resources these people can use. And, and we talked with them. But for so many reasons, those shelters don't work for everybody. And especially, and this is why I'm talking about it on the show, especially for the LGBTIQ community. Yep. And especially for our young LGBT folk. Um, the Williams Institute, who likes to collect data. Uh, this was this is from a couple of years ago. Um 40% of the homeless youth served by agencies identify as LGBT. 40%. 43% of clients in general served by drop-in centers identified as LGBT. 30% of street outreach clients identified as LGBT. And 30% of clients utilizing housing programs identified as LGBT. For so many reasons, discrimination in employment, discrimination in housing, um, feeling fearful for our safety when we are in a shelter, if we have to go there, um, being refused a spot in a shelter because we are queer and they have religious exemptions or they have uh, requirements for um, how they deem somebody's gender and sex to be. <clears throat> and they routinely turn us out, and we are dying on the streets. And there are people dying on the streets in Bloomington. And I know kids who are under the age of 18 who are couch surfing at friends' houses because their parents have kicked them out. You know, in Bloomington, in 
this little place that everybody likes to hold up as a shining example. <clears throat> you know what's worse too? Mm -hmm. Is um the uh, coronavirus and the rent crisis that is about to happen is happening. It is happening. Um, and then Bloomington is trying to sneak a law and people they can't put a tent. First of all, can you imagine like, oh, you're breaking being out. in a 30 degree weather? Take can you hear me now? First of all. First of all, first of all, can you imagine like living in a tent in this weather? And second of all, what gives Bloomington the right to tell me where I can put my tent? Like, yeah, seriously. Like, that's just how you know that it's aimed at the homeless population. And they want to get rid of the problem, but not do anything about it. And it's. We're living yeah. in that. This isn't like funny or like wholesome. And the it's people, uh, <clears throat> the people are not bad. the problem. You know, right. it's not that the homeless people are here. That is the problem. <laughs> the problem is that they're homeless. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're they're trying to solve a problem by they're they're trying to solve a problem, but they're looking at a complete they're not looking at the right problem and they're not the solutions they're proposing are nowhere near solutions that would work for i mean what seriously what does taking about like slashing bunch of tents grabbing all their stuff and throwing it away what does that do what does that solve it just punishes them it just like, punishes them yeah like what, what they're saying when they say oh there are shelters there are resources is it's okay to be homeless as long as we get to own you basically. Like if yeah. you don't have, if you don't have enough money for a house, the government still wants to own you in some way, you know, it's. Well, you know, and these are public lands. These people are Bloomingtonians. They are our neighbors, yeah. they're fellow citizens. These aren't, and, and yes, some people do come to this town. But when anybody comes to this town, they are citizens. They are our neighbors. Exactly. Um, and they, they are looking to just have an opportunity to get along. And, um, and you know, these people have also been, and who aren't LGBT, these people have often faced abuse from these places. So people who've faced abuse from religious organizations how how confident are they going to be going to a shelter run by one exactly. um, there are so many requirements and hoops to jump through in order to stay at a day shelter and then you've yeah. got to pack up and move on and then and come back later and hope you, hopefully you get a spot Right. And not to mention, not all shelters are even safe, really, to be right. at, especially if you're queer or a woman or, you know, or exactly. trans. Exactly. And that is um, 
that's why we really have to tackle this issue. <clears throat> Mayor Hamilton went on and said that um, we we needed to um, talk about this more, and and I hate that. I hate that passing the buck thing. We need to talk about it more. It's like we need to talk to about talk racism about? more. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, there's no more that needs to be said. There's no thing that's going to pop out and come from more discussion that makes everything better. It's we have to work at it. Yeah. <clears throat> Find the peace, people safe and stable housing that isn't penalizing them. Help people help themselves. Help people help themselves. And, you know, there are people that, that need mental health care. And they were, uh, there were a couple of people who spoke to that last night. Uh, homeless people who were able to speak to that. There are addiction problems that um, people have. And instead of stigmatizing them and saying you kind of deserve whatever you get for your moral failings or whatever... We need to treat this as a public health crisis, like it is, and we need to take care of people. And that, for some reason, for Americans, um, it's either called socialism or it's, you know, liberal foo-foo stuff, but really it's just taking care of folks. And if that's not what humans do, I have no idea what is. <clears throat> when Neanderthals were taking care of their own and, you know, we find the bones of a person who uh, had been crippled in childhood and, you know, was unable to hunt due to uh, their conditions. And they still live to a fairly old age. That points to civilization. That points to people coming together and even if you didn't have uh, the traditional value that a hunter-gatherer society might place on on a person, an able-bodied person, you still had value inherently. And we're telling people in this town, you don't have value. We're telling our neighbors that you are worthless and you're in my way and you're creating a... Um, nuisance and public health risk with garbage that was brought up a lot um, from detractors in the comments. It was about how things looked and how a privileged few were barred from enjoying uh, their time at like People's Park, which I mean, People's Park isn't one of those places that um, kids go to play on the swings and you go for a yeah, long Yeah, exactly. And it's on the site of a place that was burned down because it was a black-owned business in the 60s. It's on the site of Black's Market, right? This yeah. is... It's a civil rights um, corner and... We need to honor people, and we need to take care of them. So, half that tirade should probably be cut out. But no, I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, what I think what you know? What else is the show for if not to 
speak our mind about the issues in our community. Yeah. I still think it's just crazy how People's Park, when when I moved to Bloomington here in 2015, uh, People's Park was something that I was like used to. And I was like, okay, like this is the this is where homeless people often gather. Yeah. And that was like acceptable to me. And now it is not at all. And really the only place in town that I know of that homeless people even gather is Seminary Park. And that's the only place I've seen tents. And it's just like they're they're getting pushed out of town basically. Well, and that that's happening elsewhere too. We see it all over the country, and it's been you know the modus operandi for municipalities for ever. Um, get them out of our sight. We don't want to see this. Uh, we don't want to present our city as having any of these societal problems. And the societal problem is being cold and inhumane to people who. Um, don't make your city look presentable. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to go over that. The vote was taken. Uh, it was actually not going to be taken. Uh, a couple of the uh, council people wanted to table it. They had several pages of notes, they said. Um, they didn't want to take up a vote until another special meeting and to be fair they did allow for almost almost two hours of uh public con comment but at the last moment oh israel herrera uh a motion to vote uh was made by israel herrera and the proposed change was defeated it was one of the few moments i've been happy to being on a, a public meeting so even the people who proposed the uh rule change voted against it so awesome. see what happens when you can get together and speak up organize organizing works and protest works and it's all about you know we are all affected by these issues these aren't LGBT issues. These aren't women's issues. These aren't, you know, um, class issues. We are all connected. So really, we have to pay attention to what's going on around us. And we have to fight for each other. The segue was lost <laughs> into this next item. It was While I was compiling all of this for this week... One thing that kept popping up is this religious freedom thing. Um, people just seeking to exempt LGBTIQ people from life. Uh, an agency you've probably never heard of, and God forgive me for bringing the orange lame duck into your mind again. And now I'm hungry for Chinese. Uh, Donald Trump's Labor Department's Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs is finally finalized the... Uh, proposed 2018 regulation allowing federal contractors to enjoy discriminatory practices against queer folk because God told them to. This rule is vague enough to apply to any federal contractor claiming to have a religious bent. According to its wording, quote, this rule is intended to correct any misperception 
that religious organizations are disfavored in government contracting by setting forth appropriate protections for their autonomy to hire employees who will further their religious missions, thereby providing clarity that may, be, that may expand the eligible pool of federal contractors and subcontractors. Um, so they're making it easier for people who like to discriminate uh, to get federal contracts. Yay. And I'm going to start, I'm going to quote this from uh, the Washington Blade because they put these next three paragraphs together pretty well. Uh, further, the rule makes no distinction between anti-LGBTQ discrimination and other forms of discrimination. Because Obama's executive order was in the form of an amendment to Johnson's executive order against discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, the final rule opens the door to workplace discrimination on this basis of these categories as well as anti-LGBTQ discrimination among federal contractors. Gen Jennifer Pizer, director of law and policy at the LGBTQ group Lambda Legal, said in a statement, uh, it is hard to overstate the harm that the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs is visiting on LGBTQ people, women, religious minorities, and others with the sledgehammer it is taking to federal non-discrimination protections. For nearly 80 years, it's been an American principle that seeking and receiving federal tax dollars to do work for the American people means promising not to discriminate against one's own workers with those funds. Uh, th this new rule uses religion to create an essentially limitless exemption, allowing taxpayer-funded contractors to impose their religious beliefs on employees without regard to the resulting harms such, an unfair, uh, such as unfair job terms, invasive proselytizing, and other harassment that makes job settings unbearable for workers targeted on religious grounds. Uh, and again... Back to my words, justice is intersectional or it is denied. I would hope that this and other anti-equality measures would be routed out and killed in the light of day by Biden appointees, but it remains that without legislation or better yet, full equity written into the Constitution, every couple of years we're going to be fighting for basic rights again. Yep. He's not yet out of office. Um, I guess we can't breathe easy. And who knows how long it's going to take to reverse these things. Who knows what's going to be reversed and what is going to be left in place. Um, this is a lot of work on the Biden administration. And frankly, I'm, I'm uh, happy to see that his appointments are very diverse and that they are uh, groundbreaking in many cases. Um, what that means for actual policy has remains to be seen. Uh, and on that note, another music break.
else they want to talk about because that was the news I picked up this week and I think I ran out as much as I could I mean Lucas and I just talked a little bit while you were gone about the more um act Bill um Roger Moore Dudley Moore uh the uh uh, Lucas was, was going to say, I don't know why my brain is so dead today. I like can't think of words. Um, marijuana legalization at the federal level. Oh. Uh, the House voted to do it, but we all know it's going to die in the Senate. Um, you know who else could die in the Senate? <laughs> One Mitch McConnell. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be great. You know- um. He's old, yeah. just scare. Yes, but while while we were on our music break, Lucas got an email from Trey Hollingsworth. Oh, yeah. It said that he does not support the Moore Act. Uh, boo. Boo, 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 boo. Um, Tennessee Trey. Yeah. But I was saying that, you know. There's the, a lot. It's, that- yeah, it's not, I mean, the... The current party that controls the Senate will never let it pass with the, um, you know, caveat of expunging all previous marijuana convictions. Right. Um, which is 
the most important part of the act, but right. we don't see it that way. No, because these people are immoral. We just have to convince them somehow or get them to see how much money they can make from this, which is totally a morally horrible way to do it. But God, that's the only thing they care about. Well, when, when I talk about my Republican family, um, I think all of them at one time or currently, uh, actually one whole branch currently, uh, are frequent daily uh, users of marijuana. And yeah. um, and they're all for legalization uh, because it benefits them. And I, I, I wonder what that that tug is between because I, I know a lot of people who do vote Republican, even in this area, who support legalization. So where is that disconnect between? their supporters and their policy is it a moralistic thing is it um based on the money that they get from all the people who run the prisons i mean what is the uh what's the problem all of the above yeah all of the above <laughs> yay and yeah and and that Maybe they'll just need to find more people to uh, incarcerate for different reasons, like governmental corruption. Yeah. We could have the same amount of people in prison, <laughs> only for real problems. Let's put all the old white dudes in prison. Now that's an idea. Hey. That is an idea. Anyone in the 1% who is an old white man, automatically in prison. Well... Also, they're female supporters. Oh, yeah, them too. They can go to prison as well. Yeah, I, I really, I don't want to leave them out. Oh, no. I'm they deserve preaching intersectionality. Of course, of course. We're not, we are not a sexist program. Exactly. We're blooming out. Uh, <laughs> Equal opportunity jailing for the 1%, of course. For the 1%. And then loot the... Uh, Luth cupboards. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that makes us redistributionists. We can't <gasps> do that. They've <gasps> earned all of their their gains. They've earned the trillions of dollars that they've gained over, like, even just this pandemic. They gained in, what, 1.3 or something trillion uh, in value, um, which seems kind of... Like they may have been gaming the system. Uh, I don't know for sure. But when you make money off of a pandemic where people are losing their jobs and dying at rates we haven't seen in a in hundred years, I'd say something shady's going on. Yeah. Um, especially if, uh, and this is a true fact. If you were to work a minimum wage job um, for the amount of time it would take you to earn Jeff Bezos's fortune, <laughs> you would work for 12 billion years. And that is not, that's a fact. <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. You would have to work a minimum wage job for 12 billion years. 
that's a lot of that's a lot of reincarnation. Yeah. So when people say, "Oh, he earned his money, worked hard for his money," how on earth could you work hard enough to earn that much money in one lifetime? He's very smart, so smart people should be paid like for what they do. <laughs> God. Like Trump is a very stable genius. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he has billions. I don't um, think I've ever heard Trump and genius in the same sentence together. Well, he he said it. No. Oh, of course. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh so there there are a couple of sad things in the entertainment world I wanted to get to. One day at a time has been canceled again. This time they're not coming back. Um one day at a time followed a Cuban American family and they had a queer kid and partner and it was a sweet story. Katrina loved it. I loved it. It was um it was just very good uh on on a level that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh you know, you get the family sitcom kind of thing going and, and that sounds kind of like torture, uh, but in this case, it was it worked and it was really nice. And and now that's gone. Um, the the fans had bolstered it and buoyed it and saved it, but then crash and burn. Uh, but the other one is kind of confusing, and it, and I I really don't know how to address this. Caramel Brown. Karamo? Karamo, right? Yeah. Karamo Brown of Queer Eye is teaming up with Salvation Mother F and Army. Um, no. 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 I know you're probably like still reeling from your breakup with Ian. Ten years together is a lot. I know. Uh, but turning around and sleeping with the enemy is the worst kind of rebound. I didn't even know about this. Why on earth is Karamo Brown teaming up with the Salvation Army? Uh, well, it's maybe some sort of, you know, hey, we're, we're trying to work together to save people's lives uh, thing. And really, I just don't understand because they don't save people's lives when it comes to LGBT folk. Um. We've frozen to death on the steps of, of their shelters because we couldn't go inside. Yep. Um, we're not safe there. We're not welcome there. And no matter how many times they ring the bell or how many times they falsely soften their stances on things, they make it look like they've, they've gone easy. They just come back and disappoint and discriminate even more. And it's agencies like those who are, are supported by and emboldened by the crap that Trump has been putting through, the crap that the Republican Party has been putting through over the past, well, all years. Um, and we just can't, cannot give an inch to people who are taking lives. So, Karamo, reconsider. Uh, it is Christmas time. It is a horrible time. People 
do need shelter. Uh, so start something else. Start an alternative organization that doesn't discriminate. I have a feeling there are many people who would give to that. Yep. Um, we need that here in Bloomington as well. We had a couple of shelters who had... Uh, they had rules in place that were discriminatory, that um, supposedly they've relaxed, but where people still don't feel safe. And that just defeats the whole purpose, right? Not You can't say some people are worth saving and some people aren't uh, based on whether they're LGBT or not. Now, whether they're responsible for the deaths of, say, maybe 290,000 people uh, through negligence and such, we could argue that. Mm -hmm. But um, but these are young folks, usually, who don't want to die out on the streets. And you people are um, supporting a place that puts them there. <sighs> Alright, that's heavy. Anybody got some light stuff? Light. Light. Um, Beautiful, happy, shiny people. I tried looking. I was all over the interwebs. I did that search thing. There was going through the Googles, going through all the little LGBT news spots. Um, I didn't do Towel Road. It's been a while. Washington Blade. I don't oh. necessarily have anything. I don't... Anybody have happiness? I'm trying, I'm trying to rack my brains. Well, you're moving in a couple weeks, right? Oh. Yeah. I am moving um, in, yeah, next week. So about a week from now, uh, which is exciting. So yeah. that's happiness. <laughs> All the way across Brooklyn? Yeah. Yep. Uh, south, moving south, emigrating south for the winter. <laughs> is it, uh, is it a, a nicer area? Are you, are you happy with the move? I am really happy with me. I'm like very excited because it's less than a, well, okay. So like rent is really cheap right now. So it's kind of a good time to move, uh -huh. um, lock that low rent in while it's here. Uh, but so I found a place that's like right on the park, like just walk around the corner and you're in the park. Um, and the train station's right there too. So that's like more than I could ever ask for right there. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. Awesome. How's your, how's your podcasting job? It's good. It's good. I'm, uh, there are exciting things happening that I don't know if I can say should talk about on air, but yeah, <laughs> you don't, have um, to. it's moving forward in exciting ways. So we'll bring, bring that, uh, to us. If we have new podcasts that we need to be listening to. Um, yeah, for sure. Give us some heads up and, and, uh, we'll go there and check those out. I always, oh, actually yeah. 
Um, well, I will say there was one, uh, the last episode of our, of, uh, red flags, which is investigation discovery, um, is, uh, one of their new podcasts, um, with these two incredible hosts, Tori Telfer is, uh, it's a true crime podcast. Um, Tori Telfer is a true crime writer. She's written about female serial killers throughout Mm -hmm. history. And, uh, Karina Michelle is the other host. She's a true crime TikToker. And, uh, but they did an episode, um, where uh we we uh talk about it's i think i believe the second episode of the series um that has a really great interview with uh the social media director of missing and murdered indigenous women usa yeah um so if you want to go check that out that would be a great one to check out uh red flags is the podcast the episode is um let me look it up real quick It's called Missing and Murdered, The Lion Sisters, and Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. Um, so in this show, we they yeah talk about all things true crime. But Ooh, do you talk to? You said we. No, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I help develop the show, but I am not on it. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, you're on this one. And, I am. Uh, and, and we've been looking at ways to get this out there in the podcast world, too. So, yeah um hence the new opening streaming downloading we'll get there all right but i think we're out of time now right yeah lucas woo (laughs) (laughs) we got a woo from lucas that's mean that means it's time to close out the show you want to pop in an extra little and now for another music break just to kind of fill and now for uh, another music break. <laughs> <laughs> that was fabulous. Uh, oh, all right. Okay. You want me to do the outro thing? Uh, yes, please. Looming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer for Blooming Out and WFHB. I'm Justin Robertson and Ireland Meacham. Ooh. And I'm Lucas Fisher and Lucas Fisher. Hey. I'm just Melanie Davis. And remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, wear your damn masks. And good night from your Blooming Out family. <laughs>